right, Chime Time, welcome back. Second to last episode before the season starts. You little pucker butt, huh? Yeah, I'm excited. excited. I'm getting a little excited. I'm kind of (laughs) bouncing up and down here. I've been excited all day. Yeah, this is going to be the culmination of our lead lead up to the regular season, uh, off-season coverage of uh, the Winners Club. Training camp coverage, I should say. And as we always say, Chime, we do not waste anyone's time. Nope, right into it. Unlike the fifth track on Foster the People's debut album, album, Torches. We will not waste your time. So, okay, sweet. what we're going to do today, last week we did, what we do last week? I don't even remember what we did last week. Do we do over-unders or something like that? No, best like division that? winners. Our best layups, winners, our yeah. lay-downs, and our layaways. Mm-hmm. So, next week we'll do all the Super Bowl odds and everything. But for today, we're going to do the end-of-year awards, maybe some... Uh, some old guesses on what we think is going to happen throughout the season. We're going to split it into two categories. We're going to do. We're going to run through every award. So it'll be MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Sham and I will each give who we think will win the award, but who we who yeah. we think is the best bet. And we are using DraftKings uh, lines if anyone wants to follow along there. And Shime, first off, what is your definition of best bet on something like this? So when, when it comes to best bet, it just seems like the most logical choice, right? The person or player that just outright seems like this has to be, not necessarily the favorite, but a guy that makes the most sense. So like, okay, so there, there's a difference between our picks and the best bet in that the best bet is probably the best bang for your buck. The guy that makes the most sense, it's like you get decent odds but also has a very realistic shot at winning. Whereas your pick could be a plus uh, 50 to 1 shot. So I sort of have so I have a I have a similarish definition but like one thing one thing that you will see here throughout my picks is that I, I tend to try to pick the lowest name who I think also shouldn't be that low like somebody who should be way like one of the top four maybe who yep. I'm like why are they eighth when, yes exactly because you know, we've as we've been breaking down these teams through the offense so uh, I'm gonna go a little bit out of order because due to news out of Patriots practice today I had to put this one right to the top and let's start with offensive rookie of the year which my definition of offensive rookie of the year is team who makes the playoffs who has a rookie quarterback because every time that has happened since since Matt Ryan won it Every time uh, you have you had one year where it happened, you had two, you had RG three and Andrew Luck, and RG three won it because he sort of popped more uh, down the stretch of the season. Maybe he was in front of the eyes more, so that's how he won it. But every time that happens, that player wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. And so I'll start with my think shine because last night I wrote Trey Lance down. I said okay. I, th- I said I think it's going to be Trey Lance because I think he's going to get in early enough and be on the team that is the best and definitely pop stats wise where I think he'll win it after today after today's Patriots practice John Mac Jones is starting week one. Here we go. Mac Jones is starting week one, and the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, and he's the going to be moved. the Relax. quarterback of the team. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing up, but I guess it's aligned. I'm, I'm a pretty tall guy. <laughs> Lower torso is is on side of table right now. I know we we got pucker butt earlier, right? In all yeah, the appendages exactly. today. He is going to be the quarterback of the team that makes the playoffs and wins 11 or 12 games. And he might not have like Trevor Lawrence might have better stats than him, but the Jaguars I I, I trust to win somewhere in the six to seven category. So that's why I have Mac Jones right now as I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Not my best bet though, but Sean, who do you think is going to win it first? Uh, Offensive I, Rookie of the Year. That my is. my pick is Zach Wilson. I think, and I think the difference here is that I I am not convinced that Mac Jones 
Jones is starting week one yet. Bill Belichick hasn't said that he is. I'm still convinced Cam Newton is starting the coach week one. Had, the coach said Cam Stoughton. No, no, no. I'm he not even going back to what he has said. I am just specifically saying he hasn't said Mac Jones is starting. I am of the belief that Mac Jones will not start day one. And so for that, for that specific reason, I immediately ruled out Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. All of which, because I don't expect them to start early. I don't. The earliest I expect any of them to start is maybe week three or four for Fields, but I don't expect Mac to start until at least week five. I don't. I don't even expect Trey Lance to really start this year if things go according to plan for the 49ers. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start all season because they have the easiest strength of schedule and they're going to be a playoff team again. So I don't necessarily even think that Lance is going to start at all this year. So for me. I immediately narrowed it down to the two guys I felt would start right off the bat and would have the best seasons, and that's you know Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. I think you get better bang for your buck with Zach Wilson. I also think that the expectations are naturally higher for Trevor Lawrence because of who he is. Therefore, Zach Wilson having a season that's equally as good as Trevor Lawrence kind of puts it in Zach Wilson's favor because he's not expected to explode as much as Trevor Lawrence is. And so for that reason, I think I'm going to go with Zach Wilson. And before we continue, just a quick rundown of uh, the odds here is that Trevor Lawrence is the favorite to win. Justin Fields is second. Zach Wilson and Trey Lance are tied at plus 750 for third. Then you get Najee Harrison at plus 800 before getting to Mac Jones at plus 1,000, who's tied with Kyle Pitts there uh, for the sixth spot. And I'll say, Shime, you're you who you think is going to win. That's my best bet. Zach Wilson's my best bet because we know sense. he's starting week one, and I think he, I think the offense is going to be better than people think. Now, reading through some of the uh, uh, some of the coverage of the Jets training camp last night, offensive line isn't popping the way I thought it would by now. No, Elijah Vera can... Tucker didn't practice. He hasn't practiced in three weeks, and yesterday or today was the first day he's back out there. I don't know if that one guy fixes it. Makai Becton is currently apparently struggling to pick up the outside zone concept that uh, Michael Fleur is bringing over from San Francisco. So maybe they get off to a slow start. But I the don't good news is, that to continue, is that I hear Corey Davis is absolutely popping. Oh, he is. Him and Zach Wilson together are lighting it up. Corey Davis might be, here's a little fantasy nugget for all you people. Corey Davis might be a steal of all of your drafts. I was, he could I was easily be yeah. a top 10 receiving yards guy, have... 10 touch double digit touchdowns like this is if Zach Wilson is as good as I think he is and the offensive line gels at least even a little bit I think there's a chance Corey Davis has a, an absolute breakout season this so year. So who's your who's your best bet for offensive rookie of the year? Uh, my best bet's Trevor Lawrence. I'm picking the guy that everybody expects to win and probably should outright win. I've also been high lately on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You heard me make a case for them last week as a team to watch out for this year and into next year. Uh, so I I think if the Jaguars go from you know one and fifteen to being seven and nine or well seven and ten, I, I'm never going to get used to that. Uh, seven and ten, and, and Trevor Lawrence has a four thousand plus yard season with. 25 to 35 touchdowns anywhere in between there it's hard for him to lose it right it's just everybody wants Trevor Lawrence to be so good that I think if he lives up to it it's going to be hard to kind of take the seat away from him so let's go to defensive rookie of the year now and uh, I'll read through these in a second but I just want to start with my definition of defensive rookie of the year is the most the most hyped defender on a team that makes the playoffs uh, that that's what it is every year. Just that's about what, sounds that's right. what it was this past year with Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Chin was a candidate for this award last year. Panthers don't make the playoffs. Maybe if they do, and Washington doesn't. By the way, they went seven nine, so it's not like they. It's not like it was like the, some massive margin yeah, or anything. Exactly. A little blurry line there. Um, maybe you hear more about Jeremy Chin and he wins it. So this year, for me, 
that person's Micah Parsons, and he is the favorite as well to yeah. win it. He's already being hyped because of Hard Knocks. He's he already is... starting over both Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. And people are just commenting on how he is just all over the field. Like, yeah. this guy is lightning fast on the field. So that that's who I think is going to win it. Uh, who do yeah. you think is going to win the uh, award? I'm also with you. I think it's going to be okay. Micah Parsons. He's not my best bet, but I think he is. He's not mine either. He, I think he is the, he has to be. He's number one on this list for a reason. He's the he's the favorite for a reason. I think Micah Parsons kind of stands out here. So now I'll read through the list as we get to my best bet for this. I'll stop at the person who is my best bet to win a defensive rookie of the year. Okay. In order, it goes. Micah Parsons, Jamin Davis, Jalen Phillips, uh, Quiddy Pie, Patrick Sertain II, Jeremiah Awosu Koromoa, Zaven Collins, JC Horn, Jason Owe, uh, Aziz Ojolari, Gregory Russo. Gregory Russo. So I, wanna, I want the people to know, John and I don't talk about this beforehand. We don't discuss anything. Gregory Russo is also my best Really? Player. 20 to 1 odds. 20 to 1. Uh, He's going to have the most sacks on maybe the best team in the AFC. Yes. Uh, or at, le- at least a top three team in the AFC. Yeah. Possibly a top two seed in the AFC. He's going to lead the team in sacks. He looks good in preseason. Uh, this guy... Coming into the draft, I liked Gregory Gregory Rousseau. I didn't love him, right? Like he had all the uh, the measurables. That's the big thing that Rousseau had uh, coming out. I think it was Miami. He was he looked really really good uh, measurables wise, but like for some reason it just didn't always add up. And, and so I think being on this Bills team, McDermott always gets the best out of his defensive players. Always. That's just the kind of coach he is. And so I think this is the perfect opportunity for Rousseau to pop. And he's going to start right away. He doesn't have to compete with anybody. Uh, I, I think he. I think it's basically. He, there's no shot that you can tell me there's a better bet for uh, defensive rookie of the year, especially at twenty to one odds. They're actually going to have a few. Who's the guy they drafted last year? AJ Epinesa. He's yep. popping this year as well. So I, I think that's two pass rushers that are good. And there's a few other uh, veterans mixed in there as well. But I think this guy, like last week, I mentioned the stat of uh, like first pressure yes. is sort of something that's coming coming around the season. I'd love to check in on it maybe after a few, uh, you know, two or three weeks of the season, and we'll see where Gregory Rousseau is ranked, especially in in addition uh, in relation to his teammates. Because if he's leading that amongst his teammates, because this comes down to. You know, we we talk about pressures a lot and everything. It's going to come down to sacks. Absolutely, like that's what this award and comes so that's, down to. Because originally, my best bet, I was going to go with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa because it's a guy I had slated I, in I the was first round. That as well. He dropped into the like the late second round, um, and, and Cleveland scooped him up. I mean, he's on the Cleveland Browns, and he's going to start basically from day one. This guy's going to start at linebacker for the Cleveland Browns, which another team might be the best team in the AFC. Uh, it, it's easily one of the best rosters in the AFC right now, and this kid's going to start a linebacker. He is dominating training camp and preseason, um, so that's another name I would watch out for. I kind of came down to Rousseau and Koromoa for me, and I went specifically with Rousseau, like you said, the sack number. The sack number is what's going to draw people's attention because it's one of those box score stats that everybody loves. Owusu Kor- Koromoa may be the best defensive player of the year, but he may or rookie of the year, but he may not win the award specifically because the numbers just aren't there. All right, let's hit the MVP award now, the big dog and uh, MVP QB of the best offense. That that that's the MVP Basically award for the up. most part. Yep. So first uh, first odds you've got Patrick Mahomes at plus five hundred, and in second place you've got who I think is going to win the award for the second year in a row, fourth time in his career. Aaron Rodgers at plus a thousand. This is actually exactly who I also have as thinking they will win the award. Maybe we should converse on this more beforehand. Sense. No, I like to have because no, it's good. It, it, I mean, the that, reason that's a hundred bucks, you get a thousand back, and he's you know they they have a couple 
uh, questions on offensive line, but other than that, everyone's back. Yeah, like David Bakhtiari is still one of the best left well, tackles in football. Is gone, but like, sure, Jamal Williams is gone, but AJ Dillon's very much capable of stepping into those right. shoes. Um, and then on top of that. Kylan Hill, their rookie running back, has actually popped a little bit in preseason. And they add Randall Cobb, who's a guy Aaron Rodgers wanted. And if there's one thing I know about Aaron Rodgers, he wants to be right about everything. So if he told Green Bay to go get Cobb to make him happy, Randall Cobb's about to have a 1,000-yard season. Like, he's going to throw to Randall Cobb all the freaking time. It's going to be the Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones show. That's what it's going to be. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing it around the yard because he's pissed off again. He wants to make himself look amazing again so that when he gets traded, he can go have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl somewhere else. And while I definitely have some O-line concerns here, uh, we'll see what happens with the right tackle. I think they're bumping a guard out there this year. Yep. They've got a center, a second-year center who's going to be starting in place of um, Corey Lindsley, who they lost uh, to the Chargers of the yes. agency. They've got three guys fighting for two guard spots. Really, one of them is popping, who's also, I forget his name, uh, Lucas Patrick, might maybe. He might be the one from this year, but uh, another six-round pick from last season. But there's no team that I trust to or no quarterback that I trust to navigate that more than Aaron Rodgers, Absolutely. especially when it's only a couple spots. He'll make them better by the way he moves around. LaFleur can mix in some rollouts He'll or something. He'll scheme that easy. So we both think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And once again, I'll read through the list, and I'm going to stop at my best bet Let's see if we for stop QB of the best offense here. <laughs> the QB of the best offense award MVP. So in order, you've got Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson tied with Tom Brady for fourth there, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, they're tied as well, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert tied at eighteen hundred. Ryan Tannehill twenty eight hundred is my my best bet as well. Okay, so that was my pick last year. I went with Tannehill. I just think losing Arthur Smith is kind of a big deal. Granted, I think the the new offensive coordinator. I mean, he was with Arthur Smith for what like nine years prior to to assuming this role. So I think there's a chance it wasn't that the nine, looks, but it was a while. He was yeah. the OC of the Raiders in like the early the oh, like two thousand thirteen right. or fourteen. I think it was when the Derek Terrell- Carr had his MVP season. It was twenty fourteen. Uh, that was 16 that Carr was had it? that season. Okay, but, my numbers are Yeah, no, it was before that, though. Either um, way. I, I, so I, I see some question marks in Tennessee. I just think that one injury could derail that offense completely, and so for me, I kind of wanted to stay away. Um, but but tell me why Tannehill's your so, best bet. So my, my whole thing on, about Tannehill is that the question I ask myself is, is, you, is this quarterback going to be able to keep up with other offenses that are completely shredding their defense because their defense is going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be a very good defense. No, Maybe agreed. I'm not giving it enough credit. Maybe it'll be slightly better than I'm saying. But I asked myself that with Ryan Tannehill, and I look at the offense, and I think, okay, in a situation where they need to come back, they've got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. We'll see how Ferkser works out. Josh Reynolds is a fine third, uh, a fine yep. slot receiver, or a, you know, if he's on the outside, third receiver in the game. Uh, Jeremy McNichols, uh, pass receiving back, whatever, Maybe, uh, question sure. mark at, at right tackle, but supposedly that, that's going to work itself out. I was reading about, uh, a little bit about that last night. The answer was yes. I do think Ryan Tannehill could keep up with another offense that is shredding his defense, and that will lead to some stats, my friend. Yeah, some big numbers, and especially not, adding Julio Jones. Right. That's a big deal. And they might not be the one seed in the AFC, but if that happens, because the, the, I they can win the division. My debate here was between Tannehill and Stafford, and the thing is, Staff like games might be over early with that Rams yeah. team. <laughs> well, so we were clearly on a say on the same wavelength because Stafford is my pick. 18, okay. 18 to one odds on Matthew Stafford. Stafford is my pick, and here's the reasoning: uh, Cam Akers got hurt. 
I think Sean McVay will lean on Matthew Stafford a little bit more because of Cam Akers' injury. I think prior to that injury, Matthew Stafford probably wouldn't have been my pick. Um, I think he'll have a great season, maybe one of the better seasons in his career. But at the time, I just didn't think that they would pass enough. I think they would be too balanced. They traded for Sony Michelle today, but that doesn't scream we want to be run heavy. They're not selling out for a running back here, and the Rams have been known to sell high picks like nobody cares um so so for me that screams that Matthew Stafford is still going to command this offense uh to the point where they're going to lean a little more pass heavy they're not going to be one of the most pass heavy teams in football they're not going to be the Buffalo Bills but they are going to be pass heavy in the way um that makes Matthew Stafford good and the weapons he has are stupid good Tyler Higby without Gerald Everett on the field last year was amazing he's like only the fourth tight end ever to have uh, four consecutive 100-yard games joining like three other Hall of Famers, which is Tony Gonzalez, Jimmy Graham, and uh, I forget the, the the third, but it's like the the, the numbers are stupid. It, it's absolutely stupid. And then on top of that, you have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, they add they they've added some pieces here. Uh, Daryl Henderson actually I think would be better suited to kind of help Matthew Stafford out of the backfield than a guy like Sony Michelle. Um, and so I think they're probably going to lean on Henderson if he's healthy, but you'll see Michelle get mixed in there a little bit. But I just I have all the faith in the world that Stafford's going to kind of light it up here with McVay. So I'm going to go Stafford at 18-1. to 1. Now what we're going to attempt to do here is we're going to try to remove the electron from an atom in real time. So, Shime, what is the difference between MVP and Offensive Player of the Year? So here's the that deal. is our next topic. Offensive Player of the Year is the opportunity for non-quarterbacks to actually win an offensive Basically. award. That and, it's, and it's weird because some year, like Mahomes' MVP season, I think he also won off. Offensive Player of the Year. Yes, but then they're like last year, Derek Henry won it. Yep. Uh, two years ago, uh, Michael Thomas won it. Yes, so, it's, so it's, like it's the consolation prize. It's MVP for non-quarterback. Last basically. year, last year you saw Justin Herbert win Rookie of the Year when Justin Jefferson was probably more deserving. In that situation, he would have won Offensive Player of the Year, where Justin Herbert would be the MVP kind of thing. Right, and if the Chargers made the playoffs, Justin Herbert would have uh, would have won it. So. Yes, exactly. Or did he win it? Justin Herbert did win Rookie of the Year. Oh, sorry. If the Vikings made the playoffs, excuse me, Justin Jefferson would have won it. Because there are cases where you have a position player uh, or a non-quarterback position player Winning, uh, winning that award when the quarterback doesn't make the playoffs. It's also but, uncommon but for tie goes to the QB in that yeah, as well, and it's also uncommon for two players at separate positions to have all time seasons at right. their positions. So who do you think is going to win Offensive Player of the Year? Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going Christian McCaffrey. I think he comes back Damn healthy. It, it's, I mean, it's how can <laughs> we you know, not? We pick, ha- I have it too. Who's gonna make? Why? <laughs> was, why is anyone making Christian McCaffrey ten to one odds? Yeah, he, so I, he's third behind Mahomes and Derrick Henry. They lost Christian. Uh, they lost Curtis Samuel in the offseason the Carolina Panthers did. They didn't really replace him except to bring back Curtis or Christian McCaffrey. They also lost Mike Davis, Christian McCaffrey's backup. So that means McCaffrey's going to be Hubbard in. Hubbard getting carries? Prior, prior to last year, Curtis McCaffrey, or Christian, I keep saying Curtis. I don't know why. I keep pulling a That's freaking, a Fitzy. Yeah. yeah, it's a Fitzy thing. Christian McCaffrey was on like 97% of, of the Carolina snaps that season before. Joe Brady's in there now, so it might be a little bit different, but I think the difference here is that McCaffrey's going to get more passing opportunities, reception opportunities, than uh, previous years. And he may have a little bit less rushing opportunity, which is fine because he's still going to get like 3,000 total yards. Mm -hmm. And especially with the added game this year, this guy is a machine. Giving me 10 to 1 odds feels... Stupid on your behalf, right? For this guy, so I, I had to take Christian McCaffrey. Yes, yeah, so I, I took McCaffrey as well here for my think I'm going to win. He's not my best though. I've got to, I'll, I'll hit on that in a second. 
But as far like Joe Brady is a creative ass offensive coordinator, and he is just going to find ways to get McCaffrey the ball. And and like you said, they they lose so many other pieces on that offense this year. And I know there's this alleged like Darnold to Arnold connection at tight end. I really don't think they have a tight end. So McCaffrey is going to go. I think he's going to get back to where he was a few years ago, touches wise. And if he stays healthy, that's even better. Uh, not that he's you know he he's a more healthy guy than people give him credit for. I think. And it really was sort of, I think it was more fluky that he missed yep. games than anything. But so I'll, I'm on McCaffrey as well there. Uh, but my best bet, and I'll do the same thing. I'll read down the line. I'll stop at it because I've oh got, God, I've got the go. guy who's in, uh, it's 10th, but it's like tied for 6th basically. Mahomes, Henry, McCaffrey, Rodgers, Cook, Josh Allen, and then tied uh, for 7th. Uh, the fourth one I'll read here is my pick. You've got Nick Chubb, George Kittle, Devontae Adams, and Alvin Kamara. Ooh, okay. Alvin Kamara is my bet. He's my best pick because of so you get sixteen to one odds, and if the Saints are at all relevant this year, he is going to have so many targets and borderline. People are going to look at that and say Alvin Kamara carried that offense, and especially if they eke into the playoffs and he's got these insane numbers. And uh, maybe if say McCaffrey pops, but the Panthers don't make it, I think Alvin Kamara is the guy that's going to win. So the the issue I run into with Kamara here is that. Um, he has been in his entire NFL career an absolute touchdown machine. Like there is nobody who scores touchdowns more frequently, uh, more productively than Alvin Kamara. And, and so I think the issue here is that Taysom Hill, if his incorporation in this offense is as the starting quarterback, Kamara's going to lose a lot of those red zone touches, and that's going to lose him a lot of touchdowns, a lot of opportunity. How, I do think, you, how much do you really think that though? Like, how I much do. do you really with think, Taysom no, Hill a quarterback? No, 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 I think no, no, that's no. how much real. do you how much do you really think Taysom Hill is going to be a starter for this offense for a long time, especially after <sighs> this past performance? So that's by that's the issue. I, I mean, I would start Jameis, but we all know Jameis's history, and if he throws four interceptions in a game, he's probably cooked, and they're going to go to Taysom Hill, who's not going to necessarily turn the ball over quite as frequently, and that's my worry. I think with the pick on Kamara so I I have no I don't think Taysom Hill's going to start a game this year unless unless Jameis Winston has multiple games of that happening I could see him maybe getting benched at halftime and getting less snaps in the second half but then them rolling him out again next week I don't think Sean Payton is he's not dumb enough to actually think Taysom Hill can like drop back even like even the deep passes he he completed last season were were like criminally underthrown (laughs) and the receiver had to like come back to the point where they're pulling Jameis Winston onto the field to make the throws like that during the playoffs last season. I have no faith that's going to happen. Uh, your best bet for offensive uh, player. Of so year. I'm going to go farther down the board here a little bit. Oh, wow. Uh, 25 to 1 odds. Dak Prescott. A man by the name of Calvin Ridley. Ooh. And so here's my re- So first of all, PFF has him projected to have like over 1,600 passing yards this, or receiving yards He's this gonna year. He's going to be insanely good. I don't think people realize how good this Atlanta offense is going to be. Like they are going to be what Similar to this, oh, this team in general is going to be similar to how the Dallas team was the first four weeks of the season last year, where their defense blows, and so the only way they're going to be in games is shootouts. And Matt Ryan's going to throw for a million yards, and Calvin Ridley's going to get the vast majority of these targets. Like, Kyle Pitts is great, and I'm excited to have Kyle Pitts in the NFL. He's still a rookie. Matt Ryan has been playing with Calvin Ridley now for years. He is going to be similar to the next Julio Jones in the way that he's just this quiet person that doesn't really stand out to people, but he catches freaking everything, and his touchdown production is unbelievable. I think he was the only player in football last year to have back-to-back 100-yard, two-touchdown games. Like, 
Calvin Ridley is is primed for a massive year, uh, and so that's why in fantasy I am buying all the Calvin Ridley stock I can find. Yeah, R- I think this Ridley, guy. I'm in, I'm in a weird spot with Ridley because I'm like, is he somebody I overdraft in the second round when it comes back around? Because if, yeah, if, if like, it, but if it comes to there and it's like, okay, DK's there. If DeAndre's there, you pick DeAndre. Yeah, if he even makes it there. But it's like, okay, is DK Metcalf there? Is Justin Jefferson there? I'm like leaning Calvin over those it's, guys. It's so there's... hard because I am I am so in on Calvin Ridley this year. It's stupid, and I think partly. It's because of the Arthur Smith effect. I think Arthur Smith is a big deal here. Uh, I think he's going to make that offense exponentially better. I'm all in on the Atlanta offense. I think offensively that team's going to be good. Whether it's Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Mike Davis, Kyle Pitts, I'm in. I'm buying Atlanta Falcon stock, at least offensively. Uh, so my guy here is Calvin Ridley at 25-1. to 1. A Defensive player of the year, uh, as far as who I think it is, I said this last year, and I'm just not going to mess with it again this year. I think Aaron Donald is going yep. to win it. Not my best bet. You nope. have him as think. My best bet is, uh, if this will load, uh, it is it is Chase Young, who I believe is second. Also my best bet. He's second to Aaron Donald. I believe Aaron Donald is, what, 500 and Chase Young's 800? So, so Chase Young is fourth on the list. Oh, so he's, he's plus eight fifty. Okay. Uh, it's Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, and then Chase Young at okay. plus eight fifty. So I'm on Chase Young because I think Chase Young has a chance. Like Washington's defense as a whole has a chance to be better than the Rams' defense as a whole. Yep. And if he is like like with Gregory Rousseau, if he is the best player on the best defense with the most sacks, he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. It might it might get a little – it could get tough down the line because the Rams will probably have more wins than Washington per se. And like that, as much as I hate to say it, like that could – even if Chase Young has a better season than Aaron Donald – that could that could alter that because there are a lot of people who think T.J. Watt had a better season than Aaron Donald last year. Yeah, namely people with the last name Watt who tweet a lot. <laughs> think, and there's think and there's that. the opportunity for Miles Garrett to have a massive year if, if Cleveland's defense kind of pans out. Like Cleveland made a lot of a lot of changes to that defense in the offseason. They they tried to fill some holes, and, and so they're and they're looking to be the best team in the AFC. So if that's the case, and Miles Garrett is is a top two sack getter on the best defense in football. There's a chance he gets in there, too. I think any of these top four guys could easily win it. Absolutely. But I, I'm going to go with Chase Young here. I just think this guy, he's, he is a he is a different kind of cat. We, we had a first-time thing just happen in the studio, Sean. I'm not sure if he you noticed or not. almost tripped and fell. I almost tripped over my shoelace while standing <laughs> still recording a podcast. I'm not sure that's ever happened that before. Been, if, in if the history would, of podcasting, that's never happened. It, that would have been audio that would have made it to Gresh and Keith if you had fallen <laughs> and like we heard thuds because that would have been tremendous. Oh, that would have been horrible. All right. Last one we'll hit on here. We'll hit on Coach of the Year. And I yeah. have uh, I got takes here. Let's start with you. Who do you think is going to win it? <sighs> I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur. I think Matt LaFleur is going to win it, and it's specifically because I think Green Bay is going to be the number one seed in the NFC. I just I think Green Bay is going to light it up this year. I think Aaron Rodgers is pissed again, uh, and there's a reason Matt LaFleur's name is mentioned next to like Vince Lombardi's for most wins in the first couple seasons of a career as a coach. Right? They're, just, they're a good football team, and they win a lot, and Aaron Rodgers is that good. Um, so I think think it's going to be uh, Matt LaFleur. So you went a little lower than me. So my thing on Coach of the Year is that if you go through the history of it, especially the last the, the last four, like 2017, 18, 19, 20, it goes Sean McVay, Matt Nagy, John Harbaugh, Kevin Stefanski. Three, I believe three of the, Matt Nagy might have been, so that, that was his first year coaching uh, the Bears. McVay, that was his first year with the Rams. Stefanski, that was his first year with the, with the Browns. Harbaugh, it was his first year doing something unique with a team that maybe people didn't think would go 13 and 3 or 14 and 2 whatever it was and yep. so 
as far as uh, being on a team that's doing something new for the first time, exceeding expectations, mm-hmm. I think Bill Belichick's going to win it. He's Ooh, only okay. second in odds because I think I know you don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they do, and regardless with how they get there, it's either you did it with Cam Newton, you did it with a rookie QB, or you did it with both, and I think that's the most likely scenario. And the best defensive football, basically. Right, and they go from 7-9 and nine to maybe they don't win the division, but they're in the playoffs. And, and seven, yeah. even if the Packers are great and they come in first place, the story like that tends to supersede that's the, true. the story of like, Really good team does really good under third year head coach. Which for is third why I think with my best bet, I went more for the kind of angle that you're taking, where it's kind of a guy exceeding expectations a little bit. Right, and let, let's see if it's the same one. I'll I'll read through it and we'll see where I stop. So okay. in order, you've got Brandon Staley, Bill Belichick, Urban Meyer, Arthur Smith, Kyle Shanahan, Matt Rule, Brian Flores, and tied with Brian Flores, I've got Vic Fangio as my best bet. Ooh, on the day they announced Teddy Bridgewater yes, as a starting quarterback. Because, and uh, I've talked about this since we've started doing our training camp coverage or lead-up. I've talked about this on Gresham Keith. The Broncos have one of the best rosters in the league. They would be the team that Tom Brady would be going to if he left the Patriots this offseason. Like, they're not—they they are so good. And Future Aaron Rodgers destination. They could potentially—yes. They could potentially, A, make the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater or yeah. Drew Locke or some combination of the two as a starter, but also wildly exceed expectations and maybe have the best defense in the NFL. And if those things happen and they're in the playoffs, I think if that happens and the Belichick thing happens that I aligned before, I think the Broncos probably—I think Vic Fangio probably wins it over Bill Belichick in that in that instance, especially if they have more wins than them. Yeah, and people have Belichick fatigue. Right, just- and I, I think they could even steal a win from the Chiefs this season, especially if the Chiefs don't—notice how we didn't pick Patrick Mahomes for any of these things? Yeah. The Chiefs are about to start three guys at center, right guard, and right tackle week one that have never started an NFL game before. And the left side looks great with Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown. I'm not saying it's going to be those three guys all season. But they have the chance to – Like everyone thinks the O-line's fixed just because they made all these moves. No, that's it not isn't. the case. And we'll see come October. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe they get the – maybe Duver- Duverney Tardif is good to go. Like maybe all these – Creed all, Humphrey's a great rookie. Like, Who like knows? May- maybe these – they come along and maybe it's just a first, a first month of the season road bump. But that's why I'm not really considering Chiefs players or the Chiefs for like any of these awards. Yeah, but, I'm in the same camp as you right. here. Uh, so, so my pick um, for best bet here, I'm going to go with a different AFC East coach, actually. I'm going to go Brian Flores. Okay. Uh, I am much higher on Tua Tagovailoa than a lot of people. Um, I think that this year he is set to have a very good season, um, and, and I think the defense is is probably going to take a little bit of a jump. I think they're going to be better than people give them credit for. Rookie Jalen Phillips actually might actually get some impact there. Uh, Xavier Howard got his contract. He's going to be on the field. Uh, maybe you'll actually get something out of Byron Jones. So I think that if the Miami Dolphins win the division, that's all they have to do, I think, is win the AFC East. I think Brian Flores is is has to be in the conversation for coach of the year. And I think if Tua comes out and plays as good as I think he can, the Miami Dolphins can easily compete and possibly win the AFC East, granting Brian Flores the opportunity for coach of the year. That's kind of my theory. One more pod before uh, we kick off the regular season. We start getting into some of our week one content. Are we are, are we skipping something? Are we missing uh you know twenty uh, thirty five to one odds in twenty fifth place? Mike Zimmer. If he gets that whole team vaccinated, then uh, he's a layup. They I don't just care. can't play they outdoors. Can go, they, they just can't play 17. outdoors on the road. That's, oh, that's true. Oh yeah. Now, wow. well, actually, but it's, they're less likely to transmit the virus outdoors oh, on the road, though. This is true. Actually, no. It have to be. It would have to be. 
uh, outdoors uh, at home, which isn't possible for them. So next also best true. thing is because if they're traveling, they're just more likely to, to spread COVID. <laughs> That's how that works. So a uh, quick run through of this MVP. I think it will be Aaron Rodgers. My best bet is Ryan Tannehill, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think Mac Jones. Best is Zach Wilson. Defensive, I think Micah Parsons. Best is Gregory Rousseau. Offensive player, I think McCaffrey. Best Camara. Defensive player, I think Donald. Best is Chase Young. Coach of the year, I think Belichick. Best bet, Vic Fangio. Shime. Uh, we think a lot of the same things, so I'm just going to give you my best bets. Run through here. Yep. Stafford, eighteen to one for MVP. Offensive rookie of the year, Zach Wilson, plus seven fifty. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, Gregory Rousseau, twenty to one. Uh, offensive player of the year. Uh, I had uh, Calvin Ridley at twenty-five to one. Defensive Player of the Year, Chase Young, plus eight fifty. Coach of the Year, Brian Flores, right, uh, sixteen you, to one. Do you think I'm a dumbass? Do you want to laugh at me tripping over my own shoelace in the Please middle of do. a podcast? Uh, do you have anything mean to say to Shine? Probably not, because no one ever does. Uh, I get the br- I, get, I get the brunt of the mean stuff. That's true, but it. I do get some mean stuff. I got I got thick skin, although. You probably have, one with you have skin. thicker skin, and I definitely have, like, physically I yeah. have thinner skin, but uh-huh. I'm talking, like, from a spiritual standpoint, yeah. an emotional level. Uh, you can tweet those at us, at AndersonJA, at Shime Time, at Gresh Keefe as well. Uh, and this is a family, Shime, it as is. you know. And the family really came together today as we uh, just wrapped up day two of the Jimmy Fund, and that was... That was an incredible day. We the, the firefighter emotional two days. Uh, I believe his name was uh, Bill, Bill. Renty. Yep, he, awesome. His story is unbelievable. That was the most insane story. It's being tweeted out from the Gresh Keefe account at five p.m. I scheduled the tweet. Please so go listen. Go to check it. It that is out. The most remarkable story you I've can, ever. You heard. can watch the visual, the visualization of Rich and Gresh freaking out, like losing their mind, and when realizing he, when he what he was them, explaining. To yeah, them. when he told them how he basically died so that he could live. And it was completely an accident. It was unbelievable. They like lost their minds. I put the so you'll have that video in the tweet. I put the link to the entire interview. You should listen to it if uh, if you missed it. But uh, this is a family shime, and there's some other podcasts in this network you can listen to. What are they? There are sure are, and one of which is the hashtag Dork Podcast, hosted by Rich Keith, Ryan Davy. They just reviewed uh, Dave season two. Ooh. Great television program. We also have the Off Day Podcast. Andy Hart, Ryan Hannibal, probably going to react to uh, Patriots practice today. Joint practice. Practice with the uh, New York Giants. Yep. Uh, they'll also react to Patriots preseason game uh, against the Giants after the game on Sunday. I believe the game is correct. And then uh, we also have the Bradvo show. They, he had Joe Kelly on this. Week. Yes, he did. Uh, actually, I think he also had uh, Brock Holt. Stop, stop Brock by. Holt, and he had the he had the cop who put his hands up uh, yes, during definitely. the home run. That guy retired not that long. Might have had Steve so. Peralt on too, for all I know. <laughs> all right, so that that's all we got for you this week. One more pod before our week one content Regular uh, season, begins, right and it's going to be baby. Super Bowl odds. It's back next week. Shine, we'll see you then. Let's rip. Roll it. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. You know what I found out yesterday? That apparently Matthew McConaughey turned down the lead role of Joel in The Last of Us HBO series. Oh, really? And then that's how it got offered to Mahershala Ali, who also turned it down. That's how it got offered to Pedro Pascal. Oh, that seems interesting. In- yeah. Me saying, let's rip. Why were they were they just going through the casts of True Detective? Um, I don't know. I guess. So basically, Last of Us is just True Detective Four. Got it. it. Interesting that Hugh Jackman was not approached because I think that's who everyone. Or Vince Vaughn, really. <laughs> or Amy. Or uh. Or uh, Rachel McAdams. Fa- Rachel McAdams. Taylor yeah. Kitsch. <laughs> Rachel McAdams could have played Joel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or Rachel McAdams could play uh, could play Ellie. Can't typecast anybody, John. <laughs> All right, coming at you in three, two, one.